and welcome back to the Right Now Workshop podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode seven, Everybody Gets What They Want. That sounds like a good thing for a new year, doesn't it? It happens to be December 21st, 2017 as I'm recording this, but it is January 2nd, 2018 as it airs. So happy new year, everybody. I hope you had a fabulous holiday and you had all the most amazing things happen to you and now you're tired of celebrating and eating and doing nothing but watching TV and you're almost ready to get back to work. I am occasionally tired of watching too much TV, but man, Netflix, I'm telling you, that place has got awesome stories. So speaking of stories, today is our teaching episode. So what can we do to make our writing better? Well, since I am a planner and I have been teaching a time management class for writers called Going the Distance, Time and Project Management for Writers for about 12 or 13 years, I've sort of lost track. I should find out when exactly it was that I started, but I've been teaching this class almost every year for over a decade and I love it because I love helping people figure out how they can get more done and accomplish the things that are truly important to them. And one of the things that's come up in this class quite often actually is how do I work with the other people that I love in my life and in my household so that they will let me get my goals done? And honestly, I think that one of the best ways to do it is to consider the ideas of opportunity cost and compromise. Now, it may be that that I often feel like what I am doing right now is more important than what other people are doing right now. Um, I might particularly possibly feel that way when my husband is playing video games. But on the other hand, um, he works in the film and video game industry. And he has occasionally been able to say, honey, I'm doing research on this company that I'm applying to. And then I just have to laugh and think, Yep, you're right, you are, so I can't say anything about it. And honestly, there are other times when I'm like, oh, thank goodness you're playing video games. Now I can just go like hide away in my little hiding spot and my little writing spot and get some stuff done. That'll be great. But sometimes, and particularly, you know, I'm talking to you in December, so there is an awful lot of, I'm tired of working, let's start vacation now, let's finish watching The Punisher on Netflix, let's get ready for the new Will Smith movie that's coming out on Netflix in a couple days, let's uh, finish that other series that we started, but there's a new season out, and yeah, we really like stories, and we like them visual as well as on uh, in book format, and so there's a lot of movie and TV watching in our house, and sometimes you just have to say, and this is what I say to myself, I know there's a lot of people who feel like totally not a problem for me, don't have a TV in the house, or the TV isn't actually plugged into uh, TV reception. We only have Netflix or whatever. Again, Netflix has more than enough stuff to keep me um, from not working for a really long time. But um, the other thing is, is that after hearing so many people like talk, speak very strongly about how Um, TV was, you know, it's mind numbing and it's a huge waste of time and it keeps you from doing the important things in life. The fact is, this is one of the things that my husband and I do to relax and have fun together. We both really enjoy it. We like talking about the stories in between episodes or after a movie or whatever. I mean, we just went out to see Star Wars with our friend Doug two nights ago. Woohoo! And um, 
we, we talked the entire way home about first Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, the rules that they either did have or should have had or didn't have about why things can work certain ways. These are the same things that we talk about when we're writing a book. So in my mind, there's totally no difference. And I am more than happy to learn better storytelling techniques by watching stories as well as by reading them. Also, <laughs> it's one of the ways that I spend time with my friends and family. Now, that being said, there are times when you have to say, I love you, go away. I am working just because you, it's your weekend. This is also part of my only, you know, writing time or work time, depending on what your writing or work schedule is. Now, remember sometime in your life, probably if you're like me, many times in your life, say you have um, found out that you're going to get an income tax refund. And maybe you think, oh my gosh, that is exactly the amount of money that it would cost me to go to the um, National Writing Conference that I want to go to. Or maybe it's the exact amount of money that like I could get a new standing desk and, you know, like upgrade all of my ergonomic systems so I can be a healthier writer. Or maybe your spouse is saying that's the exact amount of money it would cost us to go on vacation to that spot we wanted to go to. Now, you can't do all of them, right? So opportunity cost is all the things that you couldn't do when you do choose the one thing you are going to do. So for instance, if you spend your income tax refund on the vacation with your family, then it's not money that you have available to use to pay for the writing conference. It's not money that you have available to use to pay for the standing desk. It doesn't mean that you aren't, you aren't going to get those things. It just means that they aren't going to be purchased out of that particular amount of money. They're going to come from some other amount of money. And the same thing is true with the opportunity cost of time. For instance, um, when I decided that, of course, I'm going to go see Star Wars during the first week that it was open, I knew that we were going to leave here around 4.30 in the afternoon, which was definitely not the end of my work day. And we pretty much weren't going to get back until after it would be too late for me to, to be working. My brain only my brain only really works when it's daylight out. <laughs> so I just had to plan around the fact that by four o'clock or so that day, I was going to not be working anymore. I was going to be getting ready to go out to the movies. And that was, um, that was, you know, it was a compromise in a way. Like I was compromising on the amount of hours of work that I would get done that day. But the opportunity cost of going to see Star Wars with friends and family was that I was going to lose about three hours of work. And I decided that was worth those three hours to me. Now, um, the way that you might be getting into a frustrating part in your life might be depending on how many people are in your immediate circle. So let's say that um, there's you and a spouse, and even though I'm a woman and I tend to say, and your husband, but obviously <laughs> you you might have a wife. So, um, so say there's you and your spouse and you've got one kid. Okay, so now there's just three people that you have to work around their schedules. But say you have three kids, or in my family there was four kids and two adults. So there was six people with six people's different schedules. So for instance, when I was a little kid, my brother was in high school in football. Um, my sister was in high school in something else. I don't even remember because I was a little kid, so I don't remember. And then there was um, brownies, you know, the Girl Scout 
group for, for younger kids that I was in. And I don't remember if my sister was in it or not, but she was probably in some other thing. And then there was my parents' business. So there was a lot of running around and trying to figure out um, who was going to be when, where and when, and then the amount of time that it takes to drive to all these things. And, um, you know, back in the 70s. I don't think that anybody did much in the car. I mean, nobody, nobody that I knew was listening to, um, you know, cassette tape or or eight track tape, you know, sermons or workshops or uh, or I'm sure that there must have been like Zig Ziglar cassette tapes or something, but I didn't know anybody who was doing that. But I'm just saying that now there is a lot more multitasking that we have learned to do for good or for bad. And in order for all the people in your family or your immediate circle to get the greatest amount of satisfaction from this next year, you might consider trying to decide whether or not you can make a plan that everybody gets to say, these are the top two or three or four things that is really important to me. You know, maybe Susie wants you to go to all of her ballet recitals and all of her ballet practices. Now, if Susie's a little kid, you probably are. There's probably not um, much that you can do about it. I'm guessing. I'm not a parent. Um, but because, you know, younger children need more time, attention, and care and that sort of thing. But by the time somebody's in high school, there's a lot of things that kids are doing a little bit more on their own. And particularly depending on whether or not you live in the city and kids can get themselves to someplace by bus or friend's car or whatever. So maybe you have an older kid, Jack, and he's on the football team and you tell him you will go to every single home game, but you're not going to the away games unless Jack says, but mom, there's this one that it's like our biggest rivals. You've got to go to that one. And then you say, okay, I'll go to that one. My point being is that if you can narrow down what's really important to, say, the kids, then you can give them what's really important to them, make them feel important, loved, special, like you're totally 100% paying attention to them. But during the other periods, you are either at home working or you're in your car. My mom would sit in the car and write. She was also a writer um, whenever we were just at practice or whatever. If there was, um, you know, like a track and field event, she was up in the stands. And again, I'm pretty sure she was writing most of the time until it was my track and field event. And then she was totally paying attention and then she was back to writing. Um, so these are the sorts of things that if you can um, have an actual family meeting and conversation about them, you may be able to find that there's less resentment and more people cheering for you because you're cheering for them and the things that are important in their lives. I hope I'm making this make sense. It's a little bit harder for me to make an example about um, a situation with children since I don't have any, but um, this has come up in my class a couple of times, and I'm uh, under the impression that people are finding that this family meeting thing can really make a difference and basically overall satisfaction in life in general and for the writer in the family to feel like um, everybody actually is supporting them or is at least not against them or resenting them for the time that they're taking. And it also totally depends on whether or not you're still in the uh, unpublished stage or if you've published one book or, you know, if you are making the lion's share of the take-home money uh, from your writing, then obviously it's the kind of job that despite the fact that you may be at home, the kids really need to understand 
it's as if you weren't home. <laughs> you are still working and you need to work a certain amount of hours in order for them to have clothes and food. <laughs> so uh, depending on how old the kids are, these family planning conversations can really help. And you can find out things that you maybe didn't know about what was really important. And because for all of us, what's really important to us changes as we grow and as different circumstances and stuff come up in our lives. Now, one of the other things that I've had people talk to me about and ask me, what can I do, is um, I had one woman say, my husband retired before me, Um, I'm writing and working, but he has not found anything really to do with his time. And so when I'm home and trying to write, he's pretty much always interrupting. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but telling you pretty much what she was saying, that he was always interrupting her writing. Um, now, he probably was not fully understanding how important it was to her, how much of an interruption it was. Uh, a lot of people who don't do um, creative activities or activities that require an awful lot of concentration and focus don't fully understand that when you interrupt, it's not just the 30-second interruption. Like now you have to totally get your mind back on what you were doing, and sometimes you've lost that last brilliant thought you had before somebody walked in and started talking to you. So helping people to understand this, helping people in the family to understand how you work and um, why an interruption can be such a big problem when to them it was 30 seconds and not an issue and why are you mad? Um, But anyway, back to the uh, retirement uh, scenario. So There were times when um, this woman's husband wanted to go golfing, and he wanted her to go golfing with him. And one of the suggestions that I made was, maybe you can work something out so that like, if he's golfing three times a week, maybe you can work it out that he is okay with golfing twice a week without you. And on those two times, you are just writing madly, writing as fast as you can, getting all your writing time in that you can. And then that third time a week that he goes golfing, you do go with him and you spend time together and you enjoy each other's company and that sort of thing. But mostly it was just a matter of having to um, understand what was really important to each other um, the, the problems as the other person saw them and then coming up with a compromise where everybody ended up being happy. You know, unless you live by yourself, you probably are not going to ever really be in a scenario where you can make yourself 100% happy 100% of the time. So um, we already know that we need to learn to compromise. But when we bring the whole family together and make sure that everybody's clear on I'm going to tell you what's really important to me and let's try to get that done this year and what's really important to you and you and you and we'll we'll literally make a plan to try to make all of us get the most important things that we want out of life in place for this year. Everybody won't be able to get everything that they want that they want, you know, um that pretty much is something that you Learn as you grow, and it's not a bad thing, I think, for, for kids or really any of us to, to learn and to keep learning. You can't have everything that you want, but if you, can, um, if you can find the things that are most important to you and make time for those and work around those, and then, you know, the whole idea of an opportunity costs means that sometimes you have to say, okay, the family is going to the beach on Saturday, And I am not. I am writing. And I have to choose to remind myself that this is what I wanted. I wanted writing time. And the cost of me getting this eight hours of writing time 
is that I am not going to the beach with my family. So it's, it's, a, it's a juggling of opportunity costs and compromise and communication with everybody, making sure that everybody's on board. This will totally um, change depending on the age of all the people involved, um, the health of all the people involved. Uh, but I think that it's something that we too often forget about when we're doing our beginning of the year planning. And since it's um, the beginning of the year as we're recording and listening to this episode at first, and maybe this is another time in the year if you're listening later, it's really never a bad time to keep in mind these are sorts of things that I can use, tools that I can use at any point to plan to make my writing life and the rest of my life integrate as smoothly as possible so the most number of people are the happiest possible, including me, you, the writer. (laughs) We want to get a lot done. And um, we also, all of us, just have to keep in mind that sometimes you just have to throw away the calendar and say, you know what? Susie and I are going shopping because Susie's had a rough day and she needs to just get out with mom or dad or whoever <laughs> and and have some one-on-one me time and get kind of brought back into a good mood because somebody's showing her how much they love her. I mean, these things need to happen. And and so when you're making your plans and your schedules, and I'm talking about all this planning, and I want you to know that I totally do believe in putting the heart of people first. And sometimes that means that you have to say no. Like for instance, in a normal regular day where Nobody's bleeding. There are no fires. Nothing bad has happened. You might have kids that are at a certain age that you want to just give them three interruption cards each. Say you have a two-hour writing session and, you know, moderately youngish kids. Like they can be by themselves, but they just always seem to be coming in your writing room and interrupting you. Maybe you give them three like really cute, homemade, maybe they make them, interruption cards. And they can interrupt you three times in your two-hour period. And once they're done with their interruption cards, they cannot come back in your office until your two hours is up. Maybe it'll be some form of that that would work for other different ages of the people uh, in your household. Uh, I know that um, that particular idea came to me by virtue of a friend of mine who's a homeschooling mom. And she learned it, I think, through the homeschooling network work. And it worked really, really well for her kids when they were at a certain age. Okay, so I hope this is helpful for you. I'm always trying to find ways to be more helpful. And um, I just wanted to remind you that I am starting my new Going the Distance Time and Project Management for Writers class on January 15th, 2018. Now, this is the kind of class that once you join, you're just a member of it forever. But because it's time management and it's January, we'll be doing the lion's share of the work in the first one to two months of the year. So for instance, on Saturday, January January 20th, there'll be a half day segment where it's live on video, the whole class participating, working on getting our goals lists together and breaking them down into smaller segments and putting those segments on our calendars and getting like a really solid foundational plan. Um, that we can get started on for the rest of the year. That will be very exciting. And then there'll also be other live, uh, probably weekly check-ins and um, video lessons and, and text lessons, depending on how people learn best. Anyway, all the information can be found over on rightnowworkshop.com. And um, 
I'll also put links to it in the show notes. Now, so the podcast is at podcast.rightnowworkshop.com. And so the show notes for this episode will include links, but the other website is also easy to remember, rightnowworkshop.com. Also, I wanted to let you know that I will be a guest on Mark Dawson's Self-Publishing Formula podcast on January 5th, 2018. It's very, very exciting because it's one of my top two favorite podcasts along with the Creative Pen with Joanna Penn. And this episode on January 5th, I'm talking to James Blatch about time management. So um, I'm sure that I've probably covered some some other different things there than I have here. So you might want to go over and give that episode a listen if you're uh, interested more in time management. Also, there's going to be a PDF handout that has a whole bunch of my tips all written down. And a little hint, there is a coupon code for my class over there. So if you go listen to that and download the PDF, you can get a coupon to uh, sign up for my Going the Distance time management class. And again, that starts January 15th. I really do like to give individual attention to everybody, make sure everybody feels like their questions are getting answered and they have uh, tools to, to keep on going. So I think that is it for today. I hope you guys are having a fantastic beginning of the new year or whenever you are listening to this. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you again later. In the meantime, do a little bit of planning so you can have some super happy writing. All right, have a great day.